Welcome back. Another episode of Dynasty Theory. Proud partner of DynastyDaddy.com and proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. I'm John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. A few days late this week, but I figured, Dan, we put the new episode out Saturday. I wanted to give people some time to catch up, let it really fully marinate. So even though if you're watching on YouTube, it says live every Tuesday night, it's a little bit of a lie this week. That happens often. Anyway, Dan, what's up, buddy? Hey, good to be here, JB. And I think with all the coaching news, those few extra days didn't hurt. And, you know, they were kind of like a few therapeutic days you gave me too, JB. I was a at weightlifting with my son tonight and talking to all the coaches and there was a, a Steelers fan, a Dolphins fan, a Browns fan, and me as a Dallas fan in the room there, man. And we were all just having our little therapeutic session as we got knocked out of the playoffs. So, uh, man, a little, little, little heartbroken tonight, but uh, I've had a few days to get over it. So ready to roll. That's all right. And I, you know, with a few extra days, I was hoping we would get something with one of these coaching vacancies and we didn't but we did find out there's not going to be a vacancy in dallas what are your thoughts on on mike mccarthy coming back oh jb no not in the show notes but you know i've been like holding my phone really close waiting on the post and then you know you got john bauer throwing in the the fake news of like i don't know what you posted with sirens the other day when uh, uh, the, the, the denzel, Cowboys knew which denzel was mims and marquez calloway were signed to a future deal in <laughs> pittsburgh i i made it a three alarm breaking news and everybody was like come on jb anyway the biggest uh tease of the the, the the week there by jb man but i don't know man I, i've like some mixed feelings and it'll tie into what we talk about tonight like i feel like it's this rare time that you normally don't have bill belichick mike vrabel and, and coach harbaugh all on the market at the same time so if there was a time for any teams to move and i felt that way about my cowboys i thought now was the time and they they, they, they said no I know Jerry's 81, so there's some continuity things there. And Coach Harbaugh, from a fantasy football perspective, not Coach Harbaugh, Coach McCarthy, you know, we saw Dak have his best year. We had Lamb have his best mm-hmm. year. So from a fantasy football perspective, maybe it's not bad news. Um, although I do hope Coach Quinn, you know, gets a job, one of these vacancies, so at least Dallas can have something to say, hey, we're going to do something different and improve next year. Yeah, I mean, the, what we're here to talk about is the fantasy implications and – uh, as far as Dallas goes, not to spend too much time on it, but I, I think it's good news that you talk about continuity, that things aren't going to be changing. You know, I think it's great news for Dak, CD Lamb, of course, Jake Ferguson. We'll see what happens uh, with the running back position. It wouldn't surprise me to see Derrick Henry maybe land there. Yeah, and that's where you hope. You know, hope maybe they change the old line coach. I'm not sure. I think there were some schematic problems in the run game. You know, there's some questions on Pollard, but you know, hey, if a King Henry or someone comes in there, there's definitely hope for even some more offensive production in Dallas. And I still think Tony Pollard was recovering a little bit from that. What's it called? The tightrope surgery that he was he was uh, recovering from. Like I said, uh, I'm, I know I'm lagging a little bit. I'm trying to pull something up here on my end in my internet is uh, somehow Dan in the middle of nowhere has better internet connection than I do. And it's very upsetting. <laughs> JB, you very, call that very upsetting. Company, anyway, Pittsburgh internet. I know. I, I know. So there are a few teams. We, we came into the fantasy off season with eight coaching vacancies. The new England Patriots filled that very quickly with, with Mayo. And I, I resorted the the teams here in our show notes because I wanted to spend a little bit more time 
and make sure that we actually get through the teams that have fantasy and dynasty relevant players. Needless to say, I moved New England down to the bottom of that list. So let's start with the Atlanta Falcons. And with a lot of these, it isn't just the head coaching change that we're going to be seeing. There are so many moving pieces and there's going to be so many variables. So the Atlanta Falcons, you know, they have the eighth pick overall. I think this is three years in a row. They have the eighth pick top dynasty assets. Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier is there for one more year. Uh, correction, Algier is through 2025. Drake London, Kyle Pitts. What are they going to do at quarterback? What are they going to do it with the, the the coaching situation here, Dan? What are your overall thoughts? You did a good job, JB, as you always do, because we, we know you like the numbers, man. And, and you put some good notes together looking at the dynasty relevant players, their contracts, you know, what assets they have what draft picks that each team has. So we kind of see what opportunities there are, there are to, to fix with those gaps on my end. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a film study night, but I, I love the coach and management type things and look for continuity. And we'll get into seven teams that you highlighted tonight. The one common denominator that all seven of these teams had is they had a bottom half of the league offensive line. So I think that's interesting because for our fantasy guys to produce, we need some O-line production and a lot of these coaches, man, are on a very short shelf life. So starting with Atlanta, you know, Arthur Smith, which from a fa- in our fantasy world, we're all thrilled right now. You know, sad for him as a person, personally, never want to see families relocating, guys fired and all that. But for what we're doing here in fantasy, feature the stars, please. They've got the eighth pick overall in the draft. Now they've got to get themselves a head coach. They've their GM's been there from 21 since 2021. So he's returning. So like building of a team kind of standpoint is still there. They're a team like many of these coaching changes that we're looking at tonight. Dave Ragone, their offensive coordinator is still in place. Doesn't mean he's going to stay still in place, but they haven't made a decision to let him go or not. Um, Arthur Smith was the play caller. So Ragone didn't call any plays or anything like that. So we're in for a big change, but we don't know what it's going to be yet. But bottom line, JB, I think this team has got to improve the O-line this offseason through the draft, get a little bit more protection for whoever that quarterback's going to be, and they need someone to throw the ball. We, I don't think any of us have really any confidence in uh, Desmond Ritter. He couldn't overcome whatever O-line deficiencies they had. He had multiple chances. Heineke wasn't an answer as a backup. So, man, hopefully they feature Bijan a little bit more. Algier, I've, I've kind of he's kind of grown on me. You know, he is a good running back, I think. We do see these teams that have two running back systems, and they're good enough. You could get enough production out of both of them, although we definitely want to see more Bijan next year. Drake London's done. I, I will most likely roll the dice, but – Eighth pick overall, JB. They're probably going to get the rock to get uh, London and Bijan the ball, right? Yeah, whether they address the quarterback position at, at number eight, I think they would have to move up if they, you know, want to get one of the top three quarterbacks. Number three on the list for a lot of people being Jaden Daniels. But from a value perspective, I think it's going to take a lot. Like Kyle Pitts and Drake London, especially. You know, B. John Robinson, he's already set there at the top tier running back. But London and Pitts, they have that insulated value in the sense that anything that happens, any uh, coach that comes in, quarterback that comes in, as long as we feel a little bit more comfortable with them compared to Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke, they're going to have that value insulation throughout the offseason. And we're already seeing uh, the, the uptick with London and Pitts 
whether it's a startup, whether it's trades taking place here early in the offseason. But the big thing for me, and it's going to be the, the case with a lot of these teams we're going to talk about tonight, what does Atlanta do? You talk about uh, Dave Ragone, the offensive coordinator, probably doesn't stay in place. What do they do with the offensive coordinator position? Because for me, that's going to be a lot more relevant for our fantasy assets compared to what they do at, with the head coach. Bill Belichick getting a second interview. You know, you look at New England and what they've done offensively, especially the last few years, it hasn't been great. But how much of that was the, you know, the the players that were available in New England, but also like get a strong offensive coordinator in place and get somebody that's like outside of your normal circle. Like we don't want to see a Matt Patricia do anything there. If, if Bill Belichick comes in, obviously from the defensive side, but uh, you, you get these coaches that just keep retreading and re popping up uh, whether it's like a Bill O'Brien, a, uh, 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 McDaniel's, why am I slipping on his first name? Josh. Josh. Holy moly. You mentioned caffeine before the show. I need to make, make some more coffee, I guess. But get something different there, and that's what's really going to be the differentiating factor here, I believe. And you talked about these teams that we're discussing tonight. There were eight teams coming in, including the New England Patriots. Seven of those eight, the Chargers, the Titans, the Falcons, the Raiders, the Commanders, the Panthers, the Patriots. You know, everybody says defense wins championships. But seven of those teams were in the bottom 13 in drives that ended in a score. So you go across the league, scoring percentage on drives, and you look at the teams that are still in the playoffs. Number two on that list is San Fran. Four is Baltimore. Six is Buffalo. Lions, Packers, Chiefs. Texans. So out of the top 14, we have seven of the teams still in the playoffs. So, you know, you got to be able to score in today's game. And it takes, uh, you know, whether it's like a Bill Belichick that is so just entrenched in his, in his past ways, like you got to be more flexible, I think. And you have to adapt with the game. I got I'm gonna call a timeout. Not a challenge flag, but I'm, I'm gonna call a timeout to break. Bring, bring on that. it, Dan. Bring I, it. I want to know your thoughts because I was thinking about about that a lot. And as we start with Atlanta here, as of today, it, Bill Belichick is a front runner, I believe, for that position. He's had two interviews. I think it was Josina Anderson posted something. I think it, it seemed trending in a Bill Belichick in uh, direction there. But we go back. I mean, look at these Hall of Fame head coaches that you know Belichick when he had Brady. Coach Tomlin, when he had Big Ben, those offenses through certain years were explosive. They lose their great Hall of Fame quarterback, and they just didn't have anyone to replace them. And they've had some O-line struggles. You know, those teams that you name in the playoffs, they've got some great quarterbacks. They've got some really good O-line play. So there's that part of me that says, hey, maybe Belichick could go in here and you know, at pick eight, could get that quarterback that he didn't have in New England, has a lot of weapons, which he didn't have in New, in New England recently. Uh, and, you know, so I wouldn't panic if Bill Belichick goes there, I think is my point here. I think there is some bodies of work in the past that have been really good. Uh, hopefully he would, to your point, do things a little bit differently and maybe not retread and bring Josh McDaniels in and torture us again. Uh, but but I, I think with the right quarterback, he could fix that. And with a really good defense, you get two – 
two sides of the ball playing complementary football and a good football team. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying necessarily we're going to panic if a Bill Belichick ends up there or another defensive-minded coach, but just get somebody that you believe can excel in today's game. And I'm seeing some comments in the chat. Uh, Cole World, owner, GM, head coach, offensive quarter, QB, all have to be aligned. And when we see that that alignment and that continuity as it trickles down, and I kind of want to bring that up with the Carolina Panthers when we get there with David Tepper, it starts with ownership. I, you know, when we talk about dysfunction and that's Dan's big buzzword, you know, there's too much dysfunction in Cleveland as, as we've been saying in the intro for how long now, uh, Nate says, even if by some miracle, your defense focused head coach manages to do well, you immediately lose your OC to a head coaching job. Check out Buffalo losing Dable, Slowick uh, heading, getting head coach interviews everywhere. Uh, you know, I, I think that's true, but we talked about this in the discord with like a Buffalo over the last three years, their turnovers have certainly increased, but you're still seeing uh, everything else kind of fairly remain fairly flat from when Dable was there. So I think that, that, that scheme and that culture kind of, it still stays there in, in my mind. Uh, Kyle in the chat, Bill Belichick to the Cowboys. Maybe, maybe uh, ship sail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so uh, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. I, if I, I don't think the market has really shifted on those guys yet, because again, I think they are going to have that insulated value. And up to this point, you could make, tell yourself a story and you have those excuses. I, do you think they go the route of a uh, veteran quarterback, maybe free agency, maybe something uh, via trade? I mean, what if, what if they – I mean, hell, I, I've talked about Greg Roman as an offensive coordinator trickling around the, the league. I think Chicago has shown some interest. But what if it was Bill Belichick, Greg Roman, they trade for Justin Fields? I think there's a lot of hype around that offense all of a sudden. Heck, yeah. Fields is the domino that's going to move – something that we didn't expect and this would be a great situation because at pick eight the top three quarterbacks are probably off the board you know i think you know the top five you know again we don't know where how the fields thing plays into it he's almost like a draft pick this year because the bears draft someone newer do they keep him um if they do trade him then hey there's there's a four team that got a stud quarterback um but you know there's still i think at least four good quarterbacks in this draft so they have some options and i think when you look at unrestricted free agents jb hey does some team you know poach Kirk Cousins I don't know what Minnesota's plans are but there's a guy that could at least produce for probably a year or two does Tampa Bay I would like to think they're going to re-sign Baker after their playoff success year and the year they yeah. have but they've got to pony up um, and then after that it's kind of a drop JB I mean we, we know about the Gardner Minshew's Russell Wilson's probably on the move somewhere along the way what happens with your boy Russ I know you've got some uh pride and ownership there I, I don't know if I'm as confident as you are but he's serviceable but, but I think you get to that serviceable category. Like, I think it's still, like, after those Cousins, Biff Baker signs, field doesn't move, you're starting to get a little bit nervous, depending on the coaching staff. Some coaches could get the best out of, you know, some of those questionable free agents. I don't know. I think for fantasy purposes, Drake London, Kyle Pitts managers, I don't think they'd be that disappointed if a Gardner Minshew ended up in Atlanta. If push comes to shove, yeah. it's certainly a step up from what we saw in De with Desmond Ritter and the the combination of the, the offensive play calling and just the frustration that like, I mean, my guy, Johnny Smith, 
I, you know, he was pushing Kyle Pitts for fantasy purposes there anyway. Uh, but it certainly is going to be an interesting one and see how it plays out. But I think there is that value insulation, as I've mentioned a handful of times already. Seattle Seahawks. They have a 16th overall pick. Pete Carroll is gone. Now, we talk about dynasty assets. Geno Smith, quarterback 24, according to KTC, as of, I think this was two days ago. Kenneth Walker, running back nine. Zach Charbonnet, running back 23. Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver 19. DK Metcalf, wide receiver 23. Uh, Noah Fant is a free agent. Tyler Lockett, wide receiver 63. So Geno, Walker, Metcalf, Lockett, all through 2025. And then we got Charbonnet and Jigba, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, second-year players here. W- what would you like to see happen with Seattle? Because there, there was a lot of fantasy relevance here when we talk about the now seven vacancies. Yeah, this is, let's just say Belichick went to Atlanta based on recent information. Vrabel interviewed with the Chargers today. Um, and I know they're coming up on our, on our list to talk about. And I think anyone who has a chance to get Justin Herbert, I think one of these top coaches are going to want that. That leaves Coach Harbaugh. So now I, I don't know how different that is. Maybe he brings a little more toughness than Carroll. Maybe like, you know, he's won everywhere he's went. Everything um, I'm seeing, though, it seems like he is the front runner for the Chargers job if he does come to the NFL. So then if Harbaugh was, then it's, hey, I hope I would want Vrabel. After that, there's a little bit of a, I think, head coaching prospect dip. You know, Houston offensive coordinator Slowick's a little hot commodity because he's coming out of that Shanahan tree. And I think, hey, us in fantasy are, are liking that Shanahan tree as well because we're seeing, I, I think, a lot of production out of the coaches in the league. And then after that, I might be forgetting somebody, JB. I'm hoping somebody takes Dan Quinn off the Cowboys. Maybe they want a guy that could build a program and is a good character person, um, you know, so he might go somewhere. But Seven teams, there's only maybe, to me, I think four hot coaching candidates. I, I think Detroit, we got Detroit's offensive coordinator there is a hot prospect, too, and Ben Johnson. But, ben Johnson. but you don't know if these guys could run a team. There's still a jump there from OC to, to head coach, so we got to see. Right. I think you hit the nail on the head, and you mentioned him earlier, Bobby Slowick from, from the Texans. You get the OC from a team that everybody thought was absolutely crazy in treating their 24 for first in in the the deal in the 23 draft and now they are sitting here the final eight teams in the nfl playoffs if he goes to seattle i think the expectations for fantasy purposes are going to be very high for geno smith jackson smith and jigba dk metcalf i i i think expectations will be through the roof and then it's going to be interesting i mean i say interesting but to a lower degree what they do with the tight end position. Do they keep rolling with like a Colby Parkinson kind of just patchworking that room together? Not that they really relied on Noah Fant, but again, he is a free agent. I'm going to be very interested to see where Noah Fant goes because I I think the talent's there still in in a guy like Noah Fant. He has the athletic profile. He's done it before. And, uh, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. Sorry, I'm trying to go through some of the comments here. Uh, Tampa OC. 
Uh, Nate mentioned Seattle potentially moving on from Lockett, JB. And then that is an interesting one because I think if Lockett was to move, the dynasty community is really going to ramp up on JSM because then he's clear number two and him and Metcalf could put up some some great production. I talked about that during last week's episode with the the dead cap hit. And if it's a uh, post-June 1 designation, it's very minimal dead cap. I think I'm minimal, but like $7 million to I forget what the savings would have been, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but did mention that last week. So I think they could very well move on from a Tyler Lockett, and then you know it would be interesting to see where, where he would go. But Geno Smith at quarterback 24, I, I, I think they stick with him. Whoever comes in, I don't see, you know, would they go with like a Michael Penix at 16 overall? I don't know. But this is one of the more intriguing situations. And with Pete Carroll, it was interesting because, and, and what they did from the offensive side of the ball, th- th- as Mitch mentioned last week, they were throwing at one of the higher rates in the NFL. The issue was their pace of play. You know, they were tied with the Raiders and Titans at 59 plays per game, dead last, dead last. So even though their pass rates, 58% last year with, with Pete Carroll, a coach only behind Washington, Minnesota, Kansas city, and Cincinnati, those teams are running 62 to 64 plays a game. 59 isn't necessarily, you know, it's not going to cut it. So we would like to see an uptick there. And out of all the teams, I talked about seven of the eight being in the bottom 13 of drives, uh, the, the scoring percentage, drives ending in a score. Seattle's the only one in the top half, and they came in at number 11 at 39% of their drives ending in a score. We Let's just pick up the pace of play. So whoever comes in, I think they have the weapons in place. They have a quarterback that has shown he can support weapons uh, at wide receiver. We have a nice one-two punch with Walker and Charbonnet. I, I think Geno Smith is is he's somebody that I'm looking to acquire at his current cost because yeah. I, I I I'm kind of reading the tea leaves, thinking that they're going to go with an offensive-minded head coach here in especially a division where they have to put up points. You know, I talk about it with, across the board, but especially in that division. Yeah, and Seattle is a team, and this often happens with us. We've had this conversation before. Going into the year, it was really high on them. I thought this is an offense that could really have taken the next step, you know, with JSN unlocking, you know, give them that extra weapon, and it just didn't quite happen. You shared a lot of it with the pace of play. Their O-line, as I mentioned, being in the bottom half was really bad. I mean, they were rolling out Jason Peters, which is like my age, JB, and those football years are gone, man. Um, so they really got to shore up that O-line bad. But it could be one of those fantasy examples where, hey, it was just a year off. Don't give up on him. Don't bail too early. The right offensive coordinator could really unlock this offense with all those weapons. But they definitely have to finish uh, completing that O-line. You can't roll out there with Jason Peters. I watched enough of those games from a fantasy perspective to get frustrated uh, watching things fall apart. There was a question in the chat from Nate, who I always forget is Cole in the chat. He always sneaks in here as Nate, and I'm like, oh, this Nate guy, that's a new – no, it's not a new name. Anyway, he says, would you rather have Gino or Will Levis right now for, for oh. dynasty purposes? You can get a plus with Gino if you're moving Will Levis. And I have maybe one or two shares still lingering that I wasn't able to move during the season. I I personally would still prefer Gino Smith. I, I do think they had that 
you know, I, I think it's almost similar to what we saw with Matthew Stafford and the Rams like last year. Two years ago, that offense was fantastic. Last year, awful. This year, the the post-hype, if you will, really exceeded expectations. So I think people are coming down in the Seattle offense, and I do think that they, they uh, move up a little bit more kind of what we saw two years ago. Yep. And this is an organization that there's still a lot of continuity. John Schneider's still their GM. He's been there since 2010. I don't know what's going to happen with Shane Waldron. He is technically still on the roster. Again, most often coaches come in, they, um, you know, bring in their own staff. But depending on what right. coach they, they they bring in, who knows? But this is an organization that likes their players. And Gino, to me, is a lot safer than Will Levis. I don't even know if Will Levis is actually the answer. And you're going to bring in a new coaching staff that did not draft him. Uh, so again, Seattle's management, they draft, they, they're in on their players right now. Uh, I see the comment from Wes. I missed this a few minutes ago. Besides Harbaugh, are there any other uh, college coaches that could land an NFL head coaching job. I saw the, is it the Stanford coach or the former Stanford coach got an interview, but then in the report from Schefter or Rappaport, it, at the end of the blurb, it said uh, they have now uh, checked the box on the Rooney rule or something like that. I'm like, that is Ooh. such a backhanded, Ooh. backhanded. Well, that was David Shaw, wasn't it? I think David Shaw. Shaw yes. Yeah, Shaw. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and is he still in Stanford? Is at Stanford? I, I'm not sure. To be honest. Anyway, anyway, not to get too hung up. I on don't that. think so. I think he was because I think Troy Taylor is their head football coach now. All right, uh, uh, Joe in the chat. Seattle wants Ben Johnson, and same same thing as as Slowick. You know, I there's going to be a lot of excitement, and we're going to see a bump in value for JSM. We'll see a bump in value for DK Metcalf and Geno Smith. I still think he's going to be slept on. So if I you know, had to plan a flag on a middling quarterback right now at a very reasonable price. It would be a player like Geno Smith. It, it, JB, if I'm, about, I'm just doing math here, kind of like we do on the offseason with quarterbacks and landing spots. You got the three great veteran coaches. Okay, the GOAT, Vrabel, Harbaugh, they're all going to go somewhere. The two hot OCs and Sloak and Ben Johnson, they're going to go somewhere. So that's five. Let's say the Raiders bring back Antonio Pierce. I know we're going to get to him. That's six. I bet you – I'm a betting man. The Carolina Panthers are the odd team like that, you know, unless they pay so much for somebody and then kind of steal it. But all right, that's just where my mind was going for a second. Yeah, well, I, I don't think that's crazy at all. And we'll, we'll get there in a second. Uh, the only team of all the teams we're going to discuss tonight that, well, I don't want to write Bryce young off yet, but right now, as it stands today, the only team that has their franchise quarterback, and again, I don't want to write Will Levis off yet before anybody attacks me. But the Chargers have Justin Herbert, okay? So Brandon Staley gone. Giff Smith, whatever Giff Smith is. Is it Giff or Jeff? I don't know. Uh, but their top dynasty asset, so so Giff was in there as the interim head coach. You got Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen through 24, Quentin Johnston, Josh Palmer through 24, Austin Eckler's a free agent. Gerald Everett is a free agent. Part of my language, but this offense is looking a little shitty potentially, even with Justin Herbert quarterback. This is the most interesting organization. And but I, I think this is like the dream opportunity to go into, not just because of Justin Herbert, but you're going to be going in with a new general manager. I think it was in our comments uh 
earlier that everybody has to be on the the same page together head coach oc gm etc um i think it was cool here it is cold world tie they all got to be aligned right so what a chance for alignment when they hired coach staley and I, I you know i was geeking out watching all these press conferences i loved what chargers ownership said and i think they really did have good intentions and a good plan and then just coach daly wasn't the guy you know so three years you're recycling kellen moore's in there too he's probably going to go unless for some reason they want to keep uh the coach mad at the uh, call player there but you're getting a new gm you got a franchise quarterback and you got the fifth overall pick in the draft jb fifth and 37 like wow rock bowers uh, I, I failed to mention mike Great. williams he's there through 24 as well uh, and then uh, Joe in the chat says free agents are going to flock to the Chargers. You look at the wide receivers. We have T. Higgins, Michael Pittman. Hollywood Brown, Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley. Brandon Cooks. Gabe Davis, Curtis Samuel. So, I mean, there's certainly viable options. You know, they have the 37th pick overall. I think that could be a player like a Xavier Worthy. Uh, so there are certain, I'm not saying this is the, the offense they're going to go into the season with, of course. But as we stand right now, it could be a little shaky. But, I mean, I, I said it in the chat. I think this season... The way the offense played out for Dallas, the way the offense played out for the Chargers, it really did not. It wasn't a good look for Kellen Moore. Yep. I kind of saw that coming. Again, I just experiencing Kellen Moore for some years in Dallas. Again, he did some things good. All right. There, there, there is a bright mind there, but it just doesn't translate into managing a football game. You're, you're caught up a little bit too much in the analytics world, as was Coach Staley. And we saw it again. And we've just seen this cycle in, 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 with the Chargers that have just kind of not utilized the franchise quarterback. But they've got some really good choices there. But I think free agency, they're another team that's got to shore up their offensive line. Do they grab a Brock Bowers or do you get a stud receiver and like nabbers from LSU or, you know, an old lineman? I don't, they got choices, you know, and then they pick again at 37. So you're going to get a nice pick in the second round too. That could be an impact player. Um, they're in a really good position. And I'm seeing the conversation here. There's too many coaches with similar names. So Ben Johnson in Detroit, Brian Johnson in Philly, right? That, that's what I'm seeing here. And then we got McDaniel. McDaniel's like, I, I can't do all this, you know, too many. Hey, you just uh, got to know a Harbaugh Vrabel. That's all you got to know for the Chargers. Because I, I, I'm almost positive they're going to get one of those two. And I, again, I, I think, and it's always interesting, right, whenever you have a, a coach in general, because you always think about, okay, what did they do with their previous stops? And was it they they use the weapons at their disposal and that's kind of how they formulated their offense, especially if it's an offensive mining coach or they, they went in, this is what I'm going to do. And whatever pieces I have, they're going to, they're I'm going to make them fit into that. We had some comments in the chat and some discussion. Well, what did Harbaugh do in Michigan? It's always interesting when you look at a college coach coming to the NFL and trying to figure out what tendencies and, you know, pass to run and all that stuff how much of that is really going to carry over? And especially when you look at who his OC is going to be, if Harbaugh does land in Los Angeles. So I just think making sure that we're paying attention to, uh, you know, things might not play out exactly as expected. And, 
you know, a copy and paste situation. Okay, here's what they did at the the collegiate level. They're going to be somewhat similar in the NFL. I just, you know, it's an interesting uh, thought exercise. But yeah, with the fifth overall pick, I, I saw somebody comment neighbors. Uh, th- that would be fantastic. Um, uh, Rome Odunze from Washington. He's going to be up there somewhere. Uh, There's it's options gonna, there, man. Yeah. You know? and Greg mentions too, you know, Harbaugh won a, made a Super Bowl. He's won everywhere he's went. Stanford, Michigan, yeah, Niners. Like, and I think if you win, you're going to get fantasy production. It's a great place to go. Yeah. Uh, oh, I see Cole in the chat. Uh, he says, John and I made a banger of a trade that involved Brock Bowers this time last year in a league. Yeah. Oh gosh, I think we, yeah, I, I have to look back. I think it was like Christian Kirk, Hollywood, Komet, and something else. Anyway, anyway, that's just a, trying to remember here. But the Chargers. So Justin Herbert, do you feel comfortable with his current? Like I have him still in that quarterback four to seven. Is that yeah. fair? Yep, because you're putting him in there with like Burrow Stroud. He's that type of quarterback. Yeah. I think he's yeah. going to get a really good coach, and, and they, you know, they, they got the draft capital. Uh, no reason to not expect production from him. Yeah, and then and he's, young. Uh, he's young. Uh, do you think Quentin Johnston has the potential to bounce back? Seeing a lot of trade polls in the chat, a lot of people, you know, looking to move him for close to nothing. Yeah, I mean, you're getting a new GM and a new head coach come in here that didn't even draft him. So we and we knew he was going to be kind of raw going in, and he didn't even really come on in the second half. We didn't even see that second half rookie surge. And you know, maybe there was a tiny bit more production, but that wasn't much of a bar there to really get me excited. Uh, so I'm not too high on him. I'm not going after him this offseason, JB. I have no reason to. Uh, I'll be watching what they do at the other receiver positions. Yeah. All right. Looking at Tennessee, we got Will Levis, Tajay Spears, Derrick Henry is a free agent. DeAndre Hopkins, one more year. Traylon Burks, Jiggy Oconquo. Uh, I saw Tajay Spears is trading around the running back 13 or 14 in Dynasty now. I hey, he flashed, man. He 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 showed something at least. I mean, he's one of I don't he's one of my most rostered running backs going to year two. He was slipping in a lot of rookie drafts. There was concern over the knees. You know, I and I kept saying he's gonna he's gonna be good till he is, and he's gonna hit that cliff and he's gonna hit it hard eventually. A la like a JGA Todd Gurley. Not saying Tajay Spears is Todd Gurley before again. I gotta get out ahead of that. But we talked about Will Levis a little bit. What direction do you think this team goes? Like they had like I think Mike Vrabel is a very good coach. Yes. A not not fantasy related. I know I don't talk about the actual football side of things too often. I try to leave that to you, Dan, but I, I, I think he's a good coach. He's going to land somewhere else, but for fantasy purposes, was it, was it a, a Mike Vrabel issue? Was it a personnel issue or see all of the above? I am greatly concerned that, Titans are entering to that dysfunction phase. Um, you've got owner Amy Strunk who brings in Rand Carthon as the GM in 23. And 
I don't know where in their conversation said Mike Vrabel after six, six very good years, you know, yeah, they struggled a bit this year. Tannehill got hurt. Some guys are getting a little bit older. You know, you traded um, AJ Brown. We remember, we go back. Vrabel wasn't happy with that AJ Brown move is, is my recollection of it. Where are they going? You know, in two years from now, are you going to get something better than coach Vrabel? Um, they do have the seventh overall picking the draft so they at least got a high asset for someone coming in that says hey it's a clean state this team's got a vision you know i mean there's only 32 jobs in the nfl and only in the world that are this good and seven are open so there's a chance they can land someone but i don't think it's going to be belichick i don't think it's going to be Vrabel. i don't think it's going to be harbaugh so if coach slowick or ben johnson's the answer they better get it right because you know great coaches don't grow on trees and you're just letting Vrabel go I, i i don't understand that Now, is there any concern here with, like, Ty J. Spears? You you talk about these other players coming in and their coach is no longer there that that was involved with drafting them. And any thoughts there with Ty J. Spears? We mentioned with Will Levis. Spears, I think, is a little bit different because he's a rookie, he's young, and he looked good. If I'm going in there, I need some guys that I could build this team around. We've kind of gotten the vibe that Derrick Henry's not returning. So what do you have in the cupboards? Um, hey, he's on a rookie contract. He's not going to hurt our cap. Let's run this kid till he can't run no more. We got to build this team around O-line, which they greatly need. And I think, you know, Will Levis is the big question, JP, because do you, do you get do you fight for a quarterback at seven or do you get an O-lineman that you desperately need too? You need both. And I think in the NFL, you've got to build your team around the line and quarterback. Without them, nothing else matters. At quarterback 19 in Dynasty, is that something you're okay with investing in Will Levis? I'm going to say I've got to update my rankings, JB, but probably not. In my mind, I don't think I even have him at 19. I would like to, I just don't know he's their quarterback next year. I'm not really a Levis believer. I'm not a Titans believer now. I'm not happy Vrabel's gone. Um, you know, I, I think if we go back in time, he really wanted Malik Willis to work out, which was not the right idea or right plan, but they, they weren't quite quick to go to uh, Will there. So, you know, Hopkins is getting a little older. He's not getting any younger. I think he still has some more production in him. Burks might be a little better as long as he can stay healthy and Hopkins is there, but I don't know. There's not a lot to hold my hat on with the Titans right now. Yeah, as you can see, as we start to work our way down this list, there's fewer and fewer real dynasty assets to talk about. And up next with the Las Vegas Raiders, Josh McDaniels gone during the season. This team played, and they played hard for Antonio Pierce. And I I saw the blurb about Max Crosby saying he might request a trade. I, was, that, was that an actual report? Was it like... But it seems like the players want Antonio Pierce to stay. And we saw this with the Raiders before, right? They had the interim coach. The team played. They played well. And they went another direction. I, the, the name of the coach is slipping my mind right now. Uh, but looking at their top dynasty assets, Josh Jacobs is a free agent. Devontae Adams through 2026, he's there. Does he, does he get traded maybe? Jacoby Myers, he had a great season. He's there through 2025. Based on the the pre-draft process and at times what we saw during his rookie season, I I'm still in on Michael Mayer. You know, and I the one thing that really kept him off the field early in the season, and you saw it during the the preseason, you saw it during workouts, whatever, his blocking, which was a strength in college, was horrendous. 
And he really improved that aspect of his game as the season continued. So I think Michael Mayer, he's certainly an interesting player here that I'm keeping an eye on. And at his current price, he's one of those young tight ends. He's not Sam Laporta. He's not Dolan Kincaid. He's not Trey McBride. But we saw a player like Trey McBride really struggle during his rookie season. And, you know, not necessarily apples to apples comparison between the two. But Michael Mayer does check a lot of the boxes that I was looking for as an incoming rookie. So uh, is Aiden O'Connell the guy there in Las Vegas? Or at number 13, do they look at a Michael Penix? Yeah, you know, is there a Michael Penix? Or do you try to trade up a couple spots and get a Bo Nix or somebody? Like, is there a quarterback, JB, do you, there? Do you think Bo Nix goes before 13? I don't know. I think there's potential too. You know how crazy these hungry these teams are for quarterbacks. And we definitely see a need for quarterbacks in the National Football League. So there's, I wouldn't rule it out. I'm not that far in my film study, but I, I think he's a name that I've always been intrigued by in the, like, you know, getting into this range. Yeah. So, I, 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 again, especially the quarterback position, whether it's fantasy folks, whether it's uh, these people that put together their actual NFL mocks, you know, I always use the example up until the morning of uh, there was a, a mock that came out. I, uh, the name is slipping me, but they still have Malik Willis going at the back of the first round in his respective uh, NFL draft. And we saw how that played out. That was the morning of round one. Everybody thought Will Levis, hey, he could, he, Will Levis could be a top five pick. And well, we saw how that played out. Yeah. And they're the things we've got to find out with Las Vegas. It's okay. Hey, if they don't draft a quarterback at 13, I don't think O'Connell's the answer. I think he's a good backup. Um, you know, he held his own as a rookie this year, but I, I think, you know, someone's got to sign a Gardner Minshew, a Jacoby Brissett, a Ryan Tannehill. Maybe you, you saw enough from Drew Locke when he stepped in for um, Gino. Hey, do you, do you ride these guys for a year? while you develop the O-line and, and, and see where the chips fall. They definitely got some receivers, and I'm with you on Myers. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, I, I just uh, – same thing. Uh, a new coach is going to come in. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is there still. I, I like. I think they go back to Pierce unless for some somehow they can land a big fish. I don't think we've seen Las Vegas interview anyone big yet at this point, and I don't know what, what the latest reports are there, but – Unless they can get a big coach, I could see him going back to Pierce, but he's got a lot of work to do. And I think he was cool to watch. And I think when you got your potential defensive player of the year there going to bat saying, I want this guy back, there's a good chance they get him. But year two, man, he's got to solidify that OC there and that offense and find himself a quarterback and some line. Should we be buying into shift to the commanders who have the number two pick? Should we be buying into a Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson? I don't understand how they didn't use Dotson more last year. Um, I know Eric Bieniemy is still on their staff. My gut says this new coach, whoever it is, is going to let Bieniemy go and fix that offense. Because poor Sam Howell, whether he's the answer or not, he took a beating last year. So they've got to fix that O line. They've got to, you know, they've got to discover what they have in Sam Howell if they can fix the O line. But I think Dotson's still talented. We got to see what happens with Curtis Samuel. And again, we need to know who's going to run that offense there. I'm a little bit encouraged that they've got a management team in there that's had success with other professional organizations. And they potentially could build this thing the right way. 
and they've got some pieces. So let's see what they can do with the O-line, and let's see if they can protect their quarterback this year. I think if they protect their quarterback, I honestly think Sam Howell could produce, but this is like the enemy's offense is pass happy. It's like it's like automatic going to give you fantasy production somewhere. I think the one guy I definitely like no matter what is Brian Robinson. He just looked good this year. Uh, he looked good catching the ball. He, he ran tough. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit higher on Brian Robinson. Yeah, we have Antonio Gibson being a free agent. You know, I think it would be interesting if Dallas brings in Derrick Henry and Antonio Gibson. They're an intriguing pair. In they a compliment each other. I could yeah, see I, I think they could. And I wouldn't be shocked if a player like Curtis Samuel went to the Chiefs. You know, they, they've tried some of these these wide receivers, you know, Kadarius Tony, uh, getting these guys underneath, getting the ball early, and, you know, it hasn't really panned out. So I think a player like Curtis Samuel could be a good fit there. That would be interesting. But for me, still in green on the Dynasty tiers, on the Dynasty Theory Patreon, Terry McLaurin is somebody that I'm still investing in. You know, he he, he was good enough with the struggles that we saw there in Washington and with Sam Howell and the, the uh, poor offensive line play, as you mentioned, I think they bring in a, a quarterback at two. I th- Drake may, you know, I'd be surprised if it, if may doesn't land there, but yeah. I, and then he, then I think go, there's two oh, receivers or somebody that's you, they're interesting. Yeah. And then they can pick again at 36 and 40, 67 you could get some linemen in those picks and start building this team the right way with a quarterback with some linemen fixing that you know riverboat ron wasn't the answer he had four years but he's never he's won one year in his like life there new management i think he got a clean slate and some some hope there in washington mclaurin the only thing jb is he's pushing 30 here in the, in the dynasty world that's I mean, that, he's dirt cheap he, that that's the key you got to get him on the the cheap if you want some production for a couple years Dude's a hard worker. He's a, he's, a, he's a good wide receiver. Just get him. Don't overpay. That's all. And he's not, like, unless I'm just not hearing it, you don't see him, like, come out and complain. You don't hear about, like, you, you always talk about body language of players on the sideline. You know, uh, they might be pouting or, you know, you, these interviews or social media. You don't hear a thing about Terry McLaurin. No, he he's a coach's dream. Like he he is Washington franchise. He is their guy that they're in that organization. They're saying, hey, we love Terry McLaurin. The thing is, in fantasy, we say, hey, do you want the wide receiver one in Washington? He's not really a wide receiver one. I think he's more of a good number two, which is which is good fantasy production. Uh, again, I just I'm not giving like a first round pick or anything for the number one receiver in Washington just because they're bringing in this exciting new quarterback and there's a lot of buzz in the organization. You know, I'll give a second round pick, JB. Did I say this? Is, we're 47 minutes in. This is a record. This is the first time I, I get that annoyed tone with Dan. Did I say I was sending a first for him? Did I say you said you were you, giving a first? You didn't tell the listeners anything. So I was helping develop a price structure, JB. Man, where's you, Mitch when we need him? Yeah, in I Cancun, know. Cancun, somewhere warm and tropical. You, you can get Terry McLaurin for a lot less. Like, I have him right now tiered with that 111 you don't need to move a 111 i you don't i you could get away with like a probably a 206 plus a little something see you're clarifying now i like that I, uh, all i do is clarify i'm trying to let you run the show tonight dan hey i was just thinking of the listeners so we got there we yeah. landed there uh do you even want to spend a minute talking about the patriots i mean uh, 
I would I, spend a minute just to say, who, like, I know who Jared Mayo is, but who the heck's Jared Mayo? Like, you are promoting your linebacker coach that's never been a coordinator in his entire life. I'm assuming he's bringing Bill O'Brien back, maybe, because he's still technically listed as the offensive coordinator there. Um, so do we know what we're getting? Does Ramondre come back healthy? They need receivers bad. They need O-line bad. They need a quarterback. Like I'm, They're entering dysfunction land, but they have the number two pick in the draft, so they're going to get that quarterback. Pick number 34, they can uh, help they, the they O-line. Have, they have the number three pick. I had a typo. We, oh, yeah. Washington has two. I have every team on the sheet with the number two pick. I'm reading Patriots the show have notes. The, Come on, I, JB. I know. I, Patriots have the three. Getting Patriots tangled up the in the sheets tonight, man. You're getting tangled up. Patriots have the three. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so my, my question is, Jaden Daniels. What, what, what direction is that going? Because it's it's Belichick was the GM too there, and the, you you lose your head coach and uh, GM since 2000. Wow, that, that's going to be interesting to see what happens. All right, that leaves us leaves us with Carolina, and I don't often bring up the dysfunction aspect, but. I don't see, like you talk about the top dynasty assets here. Here's the list: Bryce Young, and then Jonathan Mingo and Chuba Hubbard. That I know. I know we have the the ongoing Tommy Tremble joke, you know. But you know, Miles Sanders, things didn't really work out there in 2023 for him. What happens here in 24 and beyond? But then Mingo, you know, there were some ups. There were plenty of downs there for him in in his rookie season but they don't have a pick till 33 you know bryce young is not a quarterback i'm looking to invest in because i don't see no matter who they bring in at coach at head coach offensive coordinator i don't see how they can bring in other weapons that like the the screams dysfunction from the ownership and david tepper down I don't even know where you go with this, JB. I really I, don't. Like, I always get frustrated in the National Football League. I know it's a short, it's like an average three-year shelf life for coaches where, man, in our businesses, if you're rehiring every three years, that's a lot of time and money you're wasting. Carolina's like on a one-year cycle here. Frank Reich didn't even get a year. Um, their GM's gone. I don't know where they're going. Um, Thomas Brown, I guess, is still there. Like, Chuba Hubbard is the only one that kind of surprised me this year. And no matter how bad Carolina has been every year, they seem to sort of establish a, a good schematic run game and, you know, manage that. So I, I think he at least showed he's a, you know, a, if he's not a starter, he's a good handcuff running back for a dynasty. I was not impressed with Mingo last year. Um, he was a guy I was a little more hopeful on going in. I'm not on in on Mingo. Bryce Young, I'm greatly concerned. I mean, they got no O-line. They've got no first round and, pick. And the offensive line, trade. the offensive line, something that we kind of thought might have been a strength based on what we saw in 2022. You know, you had Deontay Foreman, you had Chuba Hubbard, both being productive there towards the back half of the season, both, you know, running fairly well. That offensive line was absolutely horrendous this year and certainly didn't help Bryce Young at all. But I, I just, whether it's Bryce Young or not, I can't see myself in investing in him from a fantasy, from a dynasty perspective, because I think if you wanted to, that price to acquire is going to be a heck of a lot cheaper in 12 months than it is today. Agreed. I don't see anywhere you could go with this team anywhere quick. That was the worst trade ever to get Bryce Young. Poor kid. I almost feel bad for him. Like it just, it just doesn't, there's no logical sense there. Um, 
So good luck, whoever gets that job. But, you know, and I, I hope they get some securities in their contract or something. And that, that you, maybe you do start with a young coach and you build this and you build it from the ground up, but it's going to take some time. And, but that's the thing, like uh, Tepper and uh, he's the owner of a f- teams in other sports. Right. And they showed the, the number of coaches he fired in like 18 months or whatever. Like, is he an owner that's going to give time that's necessary here? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Whoever's taking that job is, Hey, they, they know it's one of 32 jobs in the NFL and it, it goes on their resume, but good luck working with David Tepper. And again, your, your cupboards are just bare. You've got nothing in there in offense. I'd be curious what their salary cap is. Where's Mitch? We need him. He's normally the salary cap guy. I mean, can they at least spend some money or something? I don't know if they can put some band-aids on this, but if I were them, I just gut it out through next year. And hopefully the year after JB, they could get the number one pick in the draft. I just think you might say we should temper expectations. Had to get one bad pun in there. But uh, last year, Carolina Panthers had 13 passing touchdowns. That was tied with the Pittsburgh Steelers, only above the New York Jets, who had 11. So if we are in the same sentence, the same breath as the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New York Jets and what we saw in 2023, it doesn't look promising, especially with all the other dysfunction. I can't believe I'm saying that word more than Dan has, but I just, I, I too much dysfunction in Carolina, JB. They have replaced the Browns. Yeah. I just, I, I know people, they, they had their pre-draft conception of uh, Bryce Young and, you know, they're kind of going back to that, but we saw enough, I think here in year one, that I just, I don't want to take the risk. I, you know, and you guys talk about Bryce Young here because there's no, I mean, do we talk about Adam Thielen for dynasty purposes? Nobody wants to, nobody cares. Mm. Hey, maybe someone could tap into Tommy Tremble's potential though, JB. The trembling is not happening. (laughs) The trembling is not happening. Final thoughts. Dan, for the 230th time, I, I know you always enjoy the coaching episodes, and it seems like every single year it gets more and more interesting. But what do you got for our listeners' final thoughts? Yeah, man, that was fun tonight. It always kind of just crafts the beginning of the offseason and what direction these organizations are going. And, again, I always take that stance of, hey, if you have a tie between two players of equal value, I try to find that coaching and management, that better situation, so hopefully it can last a little bit longer. But final thought, man, I just, you know, I'm seeing the buzz in our Discord, startup talk, and, you know, we're in a lot of leagues, and, you know, there's a couple teams kind of drop out here and there and orphan out, and I would just want to give some advice is, is those that are looking to get into startups and find new leagues to really think it through, man. Learn about the different sleeper and MFL formats that you're getting into know your league mates, what kind of league you want to get into, know what your budget is, just to try to give – like no one's going to be mad at you if you leave a league at some point and you do it the right way. You try not to leave a, a team in shambles and you communicate with your commission, all those things. But, you know, hey, we, we love Dynasty, and the, the more continuity and stronger our leagues are, the better. So as you go into this uh, Dynasty season, which we are – I know are going to have some great offseason episodes about startups and values and all that – Really, before you just hop in a league, give it some good thoughts. So hopefully it's a long-term solution for you. There you go. Hopefully you all enjoyed this week's episode, talking about the coaching changes, uh, some of the dynasty implications, but a lot of uh, more NFL talk, I think, than we typically have. So if this is the first time you listen to Dynasty Theory, uh, not that there's anything wrong with actual NFL talk, but typically it is much more focused 
on the dynasty aspect of the game. But we got to give Coach Dan at least one episode a year. We got to give him one. Uh, then then that, maybe maybe later in the offseason, we'll let you talk about best ball and all that stuff. Just, just one episode. But anyway, uh, catch us next Tuesday. We have an episode of The Pivot Point this weekend. I will be live uh, on the Dynasty Theory Patreon on Saturday. Probably talk about some startup uh, stuff, but... For Mitch Sorensen, who's not on tonight's episode, obviously, hopefully an hour in, you've noticed he's at an all-inclusive resort just living the life. (laughs) For Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. Have a great week.